Hi, you're listening to In Between Visits, and my name is Dr. Christy Lewis. I'm a naturopathic doctor who's in practice for well over a decade. After years of clinical practice and working with thousands of people, a basic truth has been revealed. Behavior modification, as simple as it is, is difficult to implement, hence the birth of this podcast. If we all know what to do, then why aren't we doing it? With these short and sweet shares, I'm going to answer your questions about how to stay on track with your goals, support, inspire, and motivate you on your journey, see you in your struggles, affirm you in the challenge, and reassure you that you are not alone. Let's get started. Hey guys, it's Dr. Christy, and you're listening to In Between Visits. Thanks so much for tuning in. Kind of noticing a theme. So the last three guests, and today included, have really brought some amazing conversations to the table around connection, around building community, on you know platform platforms as a tool for change, and realizing I think for all of us how important this is right now. You know, so many people through the last six seven months of 2020 have been feeling disconnected have feeling uncertain, are feeling isolated and alone. And I think this theme of coming together, you know, to support each other, that recognition that, you know, we are not alone and affirming each other through our experiences is so key. So Tara Porter is today's guest and she's an educator. Uh, She's incredibly creative and, you know, she connects people. That's what she does. Her work on social media and partner management through the day. And then she is an absolute foodie and spontaneous adventure seeker. So she actually launched a culinary tourism business, Radical Eatery. And um, you'll still find her teaching yoga, meditation, singing. Uh, She leads virtual social media workshops. Workshops. She's really, again, this advocate for change and building community. She is one of the most authentic, fun, light people you're ever going to have a chance to meet. So let's get started with Tara. Hello, Tara Porter. How Hello. are you? Hello. I'm great. It's so nice oh. to speak with you. You too. Oh, so I just wanted to share share with the audience like my very first this is Tara Porter a, a moment. So oh. <laughs> I don't even know if you know. I don't even think I've, I've actually shared this with you. Where no, this you're is actually, live. This is a time. You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> Where's this going? <laughs> where, was, where was I? What was I doing? Um, so you were, you were at, we were at a wedding together. I don't even know if I, I knew you at that time. Um, but you, you sang, you sang for... Dr. Jackie Keeney up there oh, in the audience. I love her. Yes. yes. So a colleague of and a mutual friend of ours. So, and I was like, who is this magic? <laughs> You're so sweet. I will receive that. If you yes. can see me, I'm like uncomfortable squirming in my seat. Oh. So thank you. That's <laughs> yes. So, and I wanted to share that because you are all things beauty and you are all things passion. And that is why I wanted and needed to share you with the audience today. I wanted to get you on the show. Um, because I really, I really wanted to, you know, connect in with some of that passion and understand you and and how you go about living your life um, and sharing all of this magic with the world. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I was so thrilled to to hear from you. So and I've been listening in. So good. Yeah, great. So what would you say? I mean, so so knowing that we're going to talk 
matters with the choices we make every day, right? So the, the mm-hmm. little tagline around this is really, if we all know what to do, then why aren't we doing it? And, you know, <laughs> and so, yeah, what do you feel like when you think about kind of influences for optimal health, you know, knowing that you, and, you know, you really have been able to, to strike that balance for yourself around health and happiness. Um, what do you think is important? For that, that's, that's sure. such yep. a sometimes easier said than done um, yeah. question <laughs> prompt yeah. where for me really, and I think this changes from season to season for me. Um, and then from year to year, there's sort of like a new, I guess, greater, I guess, micro focus mm. versus the macro focus on what my changing needs are. But really right now and during these times for my optimal health, I'm looking to nature Mm -hmm. and I'm looking to laughter and I'm looking to that like joyful, those joyful moments, like simple, simple joys and simple Mm -hmm. pleasures of life. And those are very broad and also very simple, but I I think that when you strip things away, like more than anything, I am my best self when I have the four elements Mm -hmm. and I'm my best self when I carve time for myself to connect both like solo, but also in community, like Mm -hmm. I'm definitely very much a a community, community lover. I need Mm -hmm. it. I need Mm -hmm. (laughs) the joy and the fun and the playfulness. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say that is definitely how, how I see you in, in your life, you know, um, in the, the things you choose uh, and, and how you bring that in. And like you said, you know, there's just so much heaviness. And one of the things that I see in practice, you know, really day in and day out is a stagnant energy. And so, mm-hmm. you know, stagnant energy, although it sounds very like, okay, well, that's the stagnant energy. I mean, but it really <laughs> is from a Chinese medical perspective, it's considered an imbalance in the body. And so mm-hmm. a remedy for that is really, as you mentioned, it really is about that connection, the connection outside of ourselves, whether that be an energetic or with other people or with nature. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. Tell me and those, and like inherently when you're in nature, there's often like thinking about that stigma, like I'm moving. So that's often mm-hmm. my opportunity to remove physically in my body that stagnation mm-hmm. and, or like anxious energy and to just give it a, <laughs> give mm-hmm. it a tunnel to go through. Absolutely. And, you know, with that in mind, do you, is there certain ways that you're able to implement that? I mean, you know, like you mentioned, these things are, tend to be such a simple concept, but how do you, how do you bring that into your life? How do you prioritize that? I think that this is something that flip-flops for me. So a big part of the past couple of years is really honing in on the reality that the morning is my best Mm -hmm. energy. It's my best mental focus time. And some weeks and some days, depending on, you know, where it is in the month, Um, I'll like wake up and be like, okay, I have deadlines and I'll get right to my, Mm -hmm. my laptop. And what I've been trying to do more of is to actually take that morning time and to really, whether it's as simple as going out in my garden or whether it is as simple of, as doing like 
five minutes of movement or stretching or just dancing before I get in the shower or something. Mm -hmm. Just something that's like really consciously a ritual for me. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes in the morning, it's like a little small micro blip, but Mm -hmm. it's intentional. And that I notice a big difference from that. Mm -hmm. And then for me with, you know, people pleasing, Mm -hmm. I find as I, as I heal the shadow side of that, where um, accountability. So Mm -hmm. what I like being able to have opportunities for movement, but also sharing that with someone so that there's, you know, the five or 15 minutes before where it's like, Oh, I have to do one more thing for this Mm -hmm. or that. It's like, no, I made these plans. I'm showing up Mm. and we're going to move and group together. So shifting my social interactions to also be something that's like really positive or outside and Mm. sharing it with like-minded people has been a really effective and healthy way for me to take care of myself um, and feel really good. So I have that fuel. And then like, I know simple things as, as making like certain days of the week, understanding where my energy is strong and where it dips Mm. and like the Wednesday, Thursdays being like, okay, those are maybe not my best days to do a lot of meal prep Mm. um, or to make really good meals for myself. So finding out, just watching my cycles, my natural cycles, Mm. and then trying to use that intelligence as I'm looking at my week with, you know, balancing work and self-care and then actual house or Mm-hmm. lifestyle care <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and it's very it's like again there's just so much goodness and all of that when you know really we think about how much our cognitive functioning and the shooting of the list of of what we want to get done and then the realities is without that connection to self and nature and community, then, you know, so often we are overriding our needs with that, you know, cognitive shooting. And I think mm-hmm. people go about it off the opposite, right? They're like, okay, I'll, I'll just get all this done. And then I will, and then I will, you know, connect yeah. with a friend or I will connect with myself or I'll get into the garden. And I think yeah. reprioritizing that, you know, not because, you know, you're, you're being lazy or you're not, it's the exact opposite, but the clarity of the day comes when we prioritize the connection first. Yeah. yeah. And I, I flip flop between like that guilt or shame or the should mm. could as, oh, that's like totally like you're saying that I'm like, get out of my head, Christy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Where, yeah. um, and I just keep reiterating. It's like, no, I see. Right how much easier the workflow comes to me when I give myself that break. But that doesn't mean that for the first 15 minutes that I'm like, just just let me do one more little thing. And it's like, no, it can wait. You are important. It can wait. It literally is retraining. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and the retraining, right? The retraining of of that. It it is like, I think people don't realize the practice component, right? So even you listeners out there are like, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I've heard that. I've heard that I want to, (laughs) you know, that to connect like my yin, my sort of that like nourishing, you know, uh, divine feminine um, creative energy is equally as important as that yang get her done energy. Um, It's it's like we know that fundamentally, but like anything, you have to teach your body, your mind, your soul a new a new way and it becomes a practice it becomes exactly as you're talking about overriding um you know the the shooting and moving into you know what's going to be more nourishing 
And yeah. as we're in these environments now, like working from home remotely, oh yeah, which it's it's I feel like that's it can be so easy to just keep going or to keep working. But mm-hmm. it's like as I practice being more honest with myself, it means watching and being honest with myself when I'm when I'm trying to people please even if it's not a realistic expectation. Mm -hmm. So it's like being honest about the expectations that I'm both sharing versus, you know, what I have for myself because it's it. And the flip side of that, because there is flexibility as long as, you know, I get my work done during this period of time, my tendency is to overwork, Mm. but, um, you know, it's, if, if I do take a break for me and I'm like, yeah, like this day, I'm like, yeah, it's me. Then I still have to do that work. So it's just (laughs) like, there, there's that discipline that's required to (laughs) going through it. Well, and And, I love the concept of cycling, like you said, cycling to the energy. I mean, it's something that I'm really looking at even within hormonal health and realizing that, you know, where we are, like you mentioned the month, um, you know, we are, we aren't, we aren't stagnant. We you know, we're not meant to be, you know, baseline in. And so the idea that every day we look the same, how we eat, how we move, our creativity, our cognitive functioning is to miss that we are dynamic, evolving humans, not only on, you know, in seasons, but even as you mentioned, in in a 24 hour window and to allow ourselves to, yeah, like you said, that that really interesting harmony around getting stuff done, right? Like getting stuff done, but also I think it's like that the intention behind, right? So if you're in that place where you're feeling creative and you're feeling like you took care of your needs, then there's a flow in the work. Um, Mm -hmm. But if it's all grind, and I think that that's a lot of what's going on out there in the world is that grind. Everyone's grinding. And it's also perpetuated. That's a new (laughs) word for you. It's (laughs) perpetuated by also, you know, media and, you know, the way that I think a lot of our world is realizing, oh, we really have a model that's from a different societal expectation time frame. So here yeah. we are in these positions and we're like, oh shit, how do we how do we handle yeah. this? How do yeah. we maneuver through this? Yeah. I was actually thinking about um how I should you're talking about hormones and cycles and yeah. should I just like put the first projected day of my cycle to begin as just a like Tara only does two hours of work day. Yeah. <laughs> I I I really I mean, when we look at that, even, I mean, I've been sitting in this chair, you know, as over a decade and a half. And I recently learned, I I like literally in the last couple of weeks learned that in a women's PMS window, um, that you, there's the hormones actually cause you to see, smell, taste things differently. So the need to, you know, be more reactive, my, my poor husband's chewing too close to me or those, <laughs> those like few little like fingerprints little on, the, like, yeah. get on the refrigerator all of a sudden are like driving me bananas. Yeah. And it's like actually a physiological, it's like a physiological reaction to that time you actually are seeing smelling and hearing things more acutely so differently and it's as someone who tries to be aware of her reactivity it's it's like I definitely notice that that veil is it's like the same thing if I'm super underslept like my emotional 
capacity to just be balanced is like bye-bye it's gone yeah. so i that's why i'm like let me love all of the new parents <laughs> in the world right? i know <laughs> well and i think you know i'm i'm really this this conversation we're having is is weaving its own storyline and when i really think about it's like we're looking we're talking about the ability to adapt we're talking about mm-hmm. the ability to connect and then evolve adapt you know based on what you know how we're doing day to day moment to moment and you know that piece has been such an important part of how we make these choices right the choices are not just cerebral it's about connecting into um into what our needs are on the day yeah and and the way that they fluctuate absolutely yeah Yeah. and so I want to talk food with you because you are a foodie you are a foodie (laughs) you come from like we 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 covered movement and PMS and, you know, cycles and And like, really, I was like, I would want to talk about food with you. So tell me a little bit about your philosophy with food. Tell me about what food, yeah, what, what it is that, how you relate to food. Okay. There's all sorts of, (laughs) just that. Let me just very simply, neatly unfold that little package. Uh, (laughs) Well, as you know, no one has, you know, food is the easiest sort of psychological relationship that all people have. Uh, yes. <laughs> like yes. total sarcasm. So easy. I know. So food easy. is not about food. And um, yeah, I definitely, my relationship to food now is something of seeing it more as fuel and nourishment. Mm. And being able to see it as something that like the process of making it or the process of acquiring the ingredients is a happiness habit. So it's part of my self-care mm. and approaching it in that way. And also uh, learning to approach it with without like being acutely aware of when I notice if there's uh, shame, if there's guilt that comes up, mm. you know, let's say if there's that one night that I'm, you know, leading up to my cycle and I do want to have something salty at night before bed or after, you know, like being aware of, of all of the different sort of thought patterns that come up. Mm. So I feel like my relationship to food is in such a better uh, space than it has Mm. been. Definitely. If I flash back to my teenage and early twenties, but I was someone who, grew up on the east coast and um my sisters I became a vegetarian when I was in junior high in small town Nova Scotia Mm. so like already I was people were like what you don't eat me (laughs) you don't sound like that I was out east at all but um and at the time my sisters were like they had influenced me and it was like animal rights and ethics. Yeah. And I totally softened. Like, I can't say that I'm a vegetarian. I can't even say that I'm a pescatarian anymore. Uh, My response is I eat mostly plant-based okay. and um, without sort of any strict labels that way. Mm-hmm. But when I became a vegetarian, like my, some of my grandmothers were like overcook vegetables or <laughs> it would be like vegetables from the can any Maritimers listening to this, you can think of like all of the craft jello based desserts with mini marshmallows or like mayo. It's like, it's all in there and like yeah. corned beef, jig dinners, all that jazz. So yeah. when I first became vegetarian, I remember I had like started reducing my 
my meat consumption and I was also at that time like noticing like oh I don't I don't think I digest this really well Mm -hmm. um which looking back to that I'm like good job younger version of me you're starting to pay attention yes and but um I was going to theater camp and vegetarian was a meal plan option I was like all right we're doing we're going all in (laughs) and um and then over the years that you know, I, I sort of softened around and there was one road trip out east that we stopped off. Um, my housemate and best friend, we stopped off at his like family cottage and his father had caught trout and had a homemade smoker. And, you know, so I was like, OK, that's when I started reintroducing um, some some seafood into my into my diet and some fish. And it felt good in my body and I felt right. good digesting it. And and I also knew where it came from. So right. But I was also a dancer and a teenager and someone whose genetics from like my grandmothers are in my thighs and my hips. And no matter how many squats I do, like they're going to be there for you to hold on to or for me to shake. And so um, definitely had an eating disorder and um, and took a lot of years to sort of, and, and then even, you know, working in the yoga industry, mm-hmm. um, and when orthorexia was just sort of coming out, like mm-hmm. I can totally relate to, mm-hmm. to those things. Um, and that constitutes orthorexia and it's mm-hmm. so with help, I, you've been a part of that, you know, mm-hmm. other natural Jackie was part of that. Mm-hmm. My therapist is a part of that. It's like, and yoga and, and other sort of therapies that allow you to to look inward and have that honest conversation have been really paramount in in healing my relationship to how I nourish myself because it's mm. it's such a psychological event and there's yeah there's just so much wrapped up into it so my relationship to food at the time is was very much like it was such an indulgence or I was mm-hmm. noticing if I am not satisfying my passions or my soul callings um, and giving myself those flavors that, you know, I'm yearning for. And then I will often fill that gap, you know, with through, through flavors that I can immediately taste. So that was like, if there were times in my life that I was really unsatisfied and not maybe not being honest with myself or, maybe not having the tools or support to, to navigate through those challenges, which are inevitable. And I would often notice that correlation to my weight and my size and my health mm. and my feeling around myself. Mm. So learning and becoming a part of a community and having always had grandparents and family members with beautiful gardens and really taking for granted that you know they taught us this knowledge of like oh that leaf shape is this plant or Mm -hmm. um that sort of stayed with me now living in an urban environment so going to farmers markets and Mm -hmm. going to their actual farms and sort of coming back to whole beautiful fresh foods that have a story or that have a connection um has definitely been a really beautiful point that I have that I take like total joy and pleasure mm-hmm. in 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 just taking their ingredients and knowing it's like from the interaction to consuming it it's like this beautiful healing process for me mm-hmm. 
So. Wow. So in, I just in... need to like, because you're <laughs> like shut away and I'm sure you're like, I'm still talking. This is, and I'm like, I'm like tears, like lump in my throat. Like I just need a moment to like reflect back on a, the courage and the like, the clarity around that, you know, I can really heal or hear the journey and I can hear almost the healing along it. You know, it's like, it's like how you, how you are healing from dysmorphic body image, disordered eating, orthorexia, Mm -hmm. the mixed messages, you know, and to find your, like, to find really the essence to re to, to realize that some of that dysfunction around food really was related to um not listening to your to your heart right mm-hmm. not listening to your soul your being that inner knowing and then to find almost the soul element from the food you know it's like that connection of you know bringing the all the goodness of the food not the not the like whether or not you're vegan or whether or not you eat meat or whether or not you don't eat meat or how long you fast for, like to really look at the essence of the food filling the essence of your soul. Like, holy smokers, girl. It's, and thanks, thanks, babe. I'm like raising my water cup to you. (laughs) And well, you're a part of that. So you've definitely been wonderful. And it's like learning about the nutrition along the way. And I think that... And that's part of it, right? That's the tricky part of navigating disordered eating, right? It's like, at some point, the nutrition is the factor. It's like, how do we... I do think part of the healing from disordered eating can sometimes spiral out, especially when we're confused around, um, you know, what it is to eat healthy. And then you're Mm -hmm. getting sort of the high fives and the like good for you's when, you know, you become rigid in that. So it's like, it's a really, you know, interesting dilemma, even as a practitioner to, to find that, okay, we need to talk about food while at the same time, you know, what is, what's the mental emotional components around food and what's the behaviors around food. Yeah. Um, so to, to be at a place where you've, you've really explored and felt the edges of all of it is, is to speak, is to speak the journey, right. Is to, is to share the, the process. Yeah. yeah. And there's, you know, there are still days that I see little flares or the shadows and, it, yeah. and it, it's, it's like, okay, I can, I can be an observer and I can yeah. watch those. Sometimes I yeah. go through with the action. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. And it's, um, it, what you said about behaviors around food is something that um, you really you really start to notice that as something that's so prevalent. It's like mm-hmm. Hippocrates said, "Let food be thy medicine, and medicine mm-hmm. be thy food." And um, you know, that's you can say like, "Okay, well, yes, proper nutrition and these mm-hmm. things," but. Mm-hmm. For me, going beyond that and understanding mm-hmm. about like, okay, but what else is wrapped up mm-hmm. within there has been really mm-hmm. um, a, a fantastic journey to go through. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. fantastic is... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly and curl up on the on the floor at times too right so yeah. like that I feel I mean and and with that like the the from what I've um seen you know what what I share how I know you know your work I mean your work with um different restaurants within the auto community um mm-hmm. we're gonna get to what you're offering to the world um right now uh, around food and is that 
there's, there's still such pleasure, right? So it's like the navigation of all these aspects and then really, you know, finding the pleasure component in it as well. So, yeah. And there's also such community care within Mm -hmm. it. And if we think about how since the beginning of time, we've always connected out of food, you know, around food. And for me, it's also such a beautiful point of cultural healing Mm -hmm. because whenever I travel, I take a cooking lesson Mm -hmm. uh, because I find that it allows me to immerse myself in the culture um, or, you know, Airbnb experiences is a really great way for that too. Mm -hmm. But it, it gives me an insight into, because there's always stories and there's always Mm -hmm. history around and, So food is such a beautiful bridging gap for Mm. cultural healing, I think, too, Mm. in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you have, you have gathered these decades of (laughs) wisdom and lessons and hardship and suffering and And flips and flops and 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 all of it. Yes. And, and you have, you've created something. So created something that you want to share um, with people who, you know, are also struggling with these things. Can you, can you tell us what that is? (laughs) I, have started what is right now a little side project called Radical Eatery, mm-hmm. but with the intention of it being something that will, you know, I have my my immediate, my two-year and my five-year goals <laughs> yes. sort of all plotted out, and they've shifted a little bit with COVID. So yeah. Radical, Radical Eatery is an offering that Um, can either be one-on-one lessons, you know, we work with whatever your hindrances are, be it time, be it experience, be it, you know, you now have to eat more plant-based and you have no idea what to do and you don't like tofu. Um, And and a lot of time people with more plant-based, they've either had really bad experiences or they've had not enough experiences. So they're really like, I can Pinterest this, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that doesn't suit your yeah. learning styles. So there's that aspect of it. Um, and then there's the cultural culinary tourism, ecotourism side of mm-hmm. things. So either events, workshops, where a community comes together. So I'll be starting something called the supper sessions over Zoom, um, where the list is sent out. And we gather and then we hopefully learn something really mm-hmm. fun. And, and especially during the w- winter and, mm. and COVID, I think we're really going to want those community connection oh, I points. this idea. Yeah. And originally there was some like Airbnb experiences to go out into Ottawa and see what small businesses and chefs like. I don't need to reinvent the wheel. There's mm-hmm. so much talent. But with my experience from being able to taste and get to know all of the incredible creators that are in the city and abroad. um, One of my strengths is being able to connect and bring and market. So it's like, okay, well, I can bring people to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, originally pre COVID it would, it's going to be an actual physical Mm -hmm. cooking workshop space. So that's out the window for now. Mm -hmm. And eventually that goal is to, um, is to have like a little, I, I would love, I'm saying this out loud to all of you mm-hmm. right now. It may 
transform in a month or eight months. We'll see. We we've, we've uh, spent this whole half an hour talking about adaptation and evolution. Uh, so come on. <laughs> bring it. Um, I'd love it to, to be sort of like a, a food shack or a truck or a little kiosk along oh, parkways so yes. that it's combining. You know, I can yeah. link people who... Yeah. are lifestyle and movement enthusiasts and who have that respect for nature and bringing environments. So connection, community, adventure are the core sort of yeah. pillars. Yeah. And through playfulness, through learning, through education, um, we are able to sort of hopefully uplift and have a lot of fun. And if anything, have a good time. That's amazing. Um, so you could be a newbie or you could be a foodie. and um, being able to link everyone in that way. Storytelling, essentially. I love it. I feel like it's just, it's like, it's like there are, there are the buds, you know, I can see the buds, which is like, you know, where people can connect with you right now. It's like, wow, I need to talk to this woman about my healing journey, you know, with food. I want to like figure out some, how to incorporate more plant-based. I'm going to start, you know, connecting with some of these recipes and then the, like the real roots of the essence of what it is you're offering, which is again, to create that community and the joy and pleasure around food. Yeah. Make food fun. (laughs) <laughs> and being able to being able to just enjoy it and ha- yeah. it, it should be fun it, it, yeah. but sometimes it will feel like work yeah but so how can you yeah how can you identify what your barriers are being honest with yourself mm-hmm. so that you can overcome them I love this and I yeah. have loved our time me Thank too you so much for doing this so anyone who is wanting more terrafix i totally hear you and so where can people i know you have a wonderful instagram account and would that be the best best place for people to reach out do you have any websites or offerings that you wanted to share yeah so you can find my website radicaleatery.com but i'm on instagram and i'm most mm-hmm. active on instagram right mm-hmm. now on my personal account at mm-hmm. tara amber porter but you can also find me at Radical Eatery as well. Perfect. And so anyone who missed that, um, if you pop over to drchristylewis.ca, um, you will see Tara's blog with her amazing bio and these websites that you can um, click and find her. Yay. Thank you so okay, much. This was so much fun. Okay. I... Well, you stay well. And I am so, it was such a pleasure to connect again. Likewise. I okay. adore you. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you. Ciao. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of In Between Visits. I'm just so excited that you're tuning in and, you know, really connecting with these incredible experts that I have on the show these days. You know, everyone who has sharing their wisdom around lifestyle medicine and supporting you on your health journey. Guess what? I have a new partner. Cardish Health Food Center is sponsoring In Between Visits. Cardish is a locally owned and operated health food store in Ottawa. They've got seven locations and their staff is just super dedicated and committed to helping you find the right products that you're looking for. Whether it's supplements or groceries or beauty products, they've got it. And if you're looking for more information about what Cardish store is in your neighborhood, you can visit www.cardish.com. Keep listening because Cardish is going to be offering up some pretty awesome giveaways and uh, information. We're going to be partnering up for 
some webinars and really our intent is to you know continue to help you on your journey towards ultimate happiness and health thanks so much guys